Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to this powerful message by David Entry at Caris Phase 2, our Christ-centered youth services. You can never find Christ outside of the open word of God. May Jesus Christ reveal himself to you as you listen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a guest, and that no man can say Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts by the same Spirit, and there are differences of administrations by the same Lord, and there are diversities of operations by the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit without. For to one is given the Spirit, to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that body, of that one body, be many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be born or free, and have been given, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Thank you, Jesus, for the preaching, the reading, the preaching, and the hearing of your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last week, we learned about what we are not supposed to be ignorant of. There are quite a few things that you are not supposed to be ignorant about. And there are other things that you are supposed to know. So Paul talks about, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. And we know, it's something you should know. Being a growing Christian is a Christian who is knowing the things of God. He says that, for um, we do not speak the wisdom of this world. First Corinthians chapter 2. We do not speak the wisdom of this world. From verse uh, 4 there, it says that when I came to you, from two, I could not come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came to you with the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power that your faith will not rest, should not stand in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. Then he said, however, how be it, we speak 
wisdom. Or we speak the, we, we speak wisdom amongst them that are perfect. Perfect there means complete or mature. So as you are maturing, there are, there are things that in Christ is like full of wisdom. But you don't start based on your intellectual abilities. Because when you become born again, you don't start with, oh, I understand. I understand. There are, you can be born again and there are still questions you really don't get. But your spirit is fine. That's why I said, except a man is born again, he cannot see. You are talking to a blind man that, you know, the other time when it rained, a lot of buildings were broken or collapsed. That's why the government has changed their policies. I said, oh, I see. Blind man say, I see. What have you seen? When people want to say, I see, he's just talking about, I get it. Unless a man, of, a man is born again, he cannot get the kingdom. He cannot get. That's why many people outside of church talk rubbish concerning church. People outside the church think they know the church. Running commentary on church, scripture. There are people who are not born again, but are sitting online trying to explain the church. <laughs> it's bizarre and preposterous trying to explain the church. People who are not born again. My father is a pastor, so what? You are not born again. You cannot see the kingdom of God. You are not born again. You cannot see the kingdom of God. So, now back to what I was talking about. When you become born again, suddenly, some things that you, ne- you struggle to understand in the things of God begin to make sense systematically. Some of, many of you here will have, still have some questions about you know, the things of God, but it's a matter of time. I still have questions that when I meet Jesus, I have to ask him. <laughs> because we are not comprehensive, or we are not, we are human beings, so we are limited. But as we walk with God, it begins to make sense here and little after little. That's why you can't say, I've read Romans chapter 9 some time ago, so I don't have to read it again. No, you can't say that. You read it yesterday. Today, you might have to read it again. Now, I'm talking about First Corinthians chapter 12. I can be preaching tomorrow if we have said I can preach First Corinthians chapter 12, and God will show us a new thing. Next week, I can preach again. God will show us anything. And the next time, we can preach the same thing. Because you can never, Bible says that the, the, the wisdom and the knowledge of God, they are on, have unsearchable eyes. Understand in Romans chapter 11, verse 33. All the depths of both the depth, both of the wisdom or the knowledge of God are unsearchable. You can't exhaust it. All the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways are past finding. His ways are beyond where you can search for. You can research. So as you walk with God, you get understanding. So he said, however, how be it, we speak wisdom. We speak wisdom. Um, we speak wisdom not uh, among them that are perfect, those who are maturing, those who are growing, who are at a certain... Uh, it's not how long you've been in church, please. Spiritual growth has no got to do with when you got born again. How long you've been born again? 
Spiritual growth has everything to do is your ability to yield more to God over a period of time consistently, and then you don't go back to some things again. And over a long period of time, now God has been formed in you. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, my children, little children, whom I travel until Christ be formed in you. And so your spiritual maturity is where you get to a place. It's, it's, it's measured based on how much Christ has been formed in you, not the strength of your character, but how much Christ has been formed in you. And that has everything to do with your ability to also understand scripture or your ability to also uh, grow in the knowledge of God. You grow in grace, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So everybody must be growing. That's why you can't afford, after being born again, not to be exposed to teachings. Ah, listen to what I didn't say. You are eating from everywhere. Listen to this teaching. Listen to this teaching. Why don't you do your education like that? You fail your exam. You go and listen to this teacher, and then listen to this lecture. Listen to this lecture in this school, and this school, and this school. Learn maths in different, different schools. You face your math failure. You need a teacher who will take you from the basics and systematically. It takes a long time to be under the ministry of a sound teacher. It's the Holy Spirit who is our ultimate teacher, but he himself is not the one teaching you. He uses human agents. So Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, that the anointing abides in you. There's an anointing inside you. The unction, the anointing which you have received of him abides in you and he need that no man teach you but as the same anointing teaches you all things and it is true. Oh, it's truth and it's no lie and even as it has taught you, ye shall abide in. So he said you don't need anybody to teach you. See, I have to read my own Bible. No, 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 that's not what he's trying to say. Even the teaching I'm doing, for you to capture it, it takes the Spirit of God inside you to interpret it to you, to help you to capture, to help you to, to grasp, to help you to encapsulate. In Ephesians chapter 3, it says that thou will be able to comprehend with all the saints, chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, that ye might be able to comprehend. That word comprehend with all the saints means to grasp, to to come to full terms, you're able to take hold of. But it takes a, a certain period of time. As you walk with God, you are comprehending more and more because God is knowable. Oh, you can know God. Oh, yes. Not comprehensively, though. But to a certain limited dimension, depending on how much you have been working, working with him, the more you walk with him, the more you realize you don't know him. The more you, the closer you get to God, the more you realize you want to know him. And Paul, after teaching all these things, he said that, that I may know him, whatever things, Philippians chapter 3, whatever things were gained to me, I count them as rubbish for the excellency of the knowledge of God. Yea, verse 8, yea, I count all things as done. That, verse 9, that I may know, I may win. There it says that, and be found in not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is of faith, through, through faith, uh, uh, through the faith of Christ. Then verse 10 says that, that I may, God won't, I won't know him. Poor you mean you don't know him? You don't know what I'm talking about. God is, the knowledge of God cannot be comprehensive for any human being. Then you get to a place you finish knowing God. Then it ceases being God. 
Because your mind is too small to capture, comprehend God in your time. You can't. Even the angels have not finished knowing him. The angels in heaven who are always before him. Why do you think they keep bowing? Say, holy, holy, holy. They bow. When they lift their eyes, they see another dimension of God. They are ah, holy, holy. Then they lift their eyes. Yes, every day. They keep seeing depths of God. That's why the Bible talks about how by the church, the multifarious, multifaceted, multi, multifaceted, multi-sided, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, that by, by, through God, the multifaceted dimension of wisdom of God through the church might be made manifested to the principalities in heaven. That the intent, that to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be made known the, by the church. It takes the church for even powers to be able to understand the, because it's very complicated wisdom. That, that word there, that, that phrase you say, the, um, uh, the church, the, more, the manifold wisdom, when you read, and I, I, I think Amplify, he uses more different ways, uses different, multi Faceted, it's, it's complicated wisdom of God. There is a, the, the reveal to the, the mystery, the angelic rulers, the authority in the heavenly places. Okay, it's a multifaceted. It's like a diamond, every diamond, intricately cut diamond has different faces. And the wisdom of God is not one sided, though. It has different faces, different faces. And even the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. They are, they are struggling to find us, so God will use the church to teach them a little bit more about his complicated wisdom. Satan is clever, but God is wise. So, he says that, however, we speak wisdom amongst those who are matured. How, he said, not the, yet not the wisdom of this world. <laughs> it's a habit, we speak wisdom among those who are perfect yet not the wisdom of this world nor of the principalities eh, sorry, nor of the princes of this world that comes to a knot, a knot. you see what they will tell you, if you want to catch a man you have your dress like this, they think it works it comes to a knot some of you, I think you are smart by catching a girl and be messing up it, that smartness, it comes to a knot you think you are smart. I won't do school. I won't do that. I won't do that. Uh, no, one can, no, I, no one can tell me I, I, I should honor anybody. No problem. Just keep going your life. You are heading for a crash. The wisdom of this world. The wisdom of this world. Don't confuse cleverness for wisdom. There are a lot of people who are intellectuals and who are clever. But it doesn't mean they have wisdom. Wisdom is how to handle the matters of life. And even that, there's what we call the wisdom of this world. You have to do it like this. It comes to a knot. He said, so how be it in church, when it comes to Christ, we speak wisdom, but that wisdom is not the kind of wisdom the way the world does their things. We teach a certain type of wisdom. It's authentic. It's, 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 it's workable. It's dependable. It's reliable. And yet it's not like the world's wisdom, even though it's also wise. And it says that it comes to, look at verse, verse 7. We speak the wisdom that has been reserved for our glory. Hallelujah. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the wisdom hidden, my goodness, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. There's a certain wisdom that is hidden. You can't find that in school. So you can tell that it is teaching about how there are things in God that with time you begin to discover. 
we begin to discover. And then he goes on to say that we don't speak normal wisdom. This wisdom is hidden for our glory. Then verse 8, verse 8 it goes on to say, which none of the priests of this world knew. They don't know it. So don't let anyone bully you and say, I, I, I've read wide, I've read wide, and I understand a lot of things. All these things they are teaching you in the, in the church, you see, they are just deceiving you. Tell the person, Satan has really deceived you. He has deceived you to believe a lie. <laughs> then he says that, he says that, no eye has seen, no ear heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man, what God has prepared for those who love him. Then he says that, he says that, but the spirit of God, look at verse 10, a powerful scripture, that's where I'm going, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. Why? Because the spirit searches, it, it, Google is better, this is better than Google. Google can, in fact, there are things when you even search in Google, you won't find about Christ because the, the world doesn't like Christ so much. There was a time people complained that if you type who is Jesus Christ, it will tell you something else on Google. Give you four, 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 I don't know. Hey, Google, who is Jesus Christ? Sorry, mate, I don't know. <laughs> so some people complain. How can you block that? The world doesn't like Christ, so don't, don't be deceived about that. Don't be worried about that at all. There's never a time where the world will be so happy with Christianity. The world, they only like our results. When people's lives are changing, our results are glorious. You can't deny the results. Jesus could heal blind people, raise the dead. How can you deny that one? You'll be happy. But they don't like our message. They don't like our message. So, it says that um, no I have seen, but the Spirit of God has revealed, the, said, the Spirit searches, yea, the deep things of God. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. It searches the deep things of God. Now look at the verse. I'm going to verse 13, and then I'll move away from there. We'll go to First Corinthians. He said, for, that, this is what it means. Do you know no one knows what is inside you right now? When, you, when there's a guy you like, you will know. Even your friend will know. It's your behavior that will make someone know that. Do you like him? Hello? No man knows what is in, is in a man. Except, no, even though no man knows, your spirit knows. Ah, For no man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is inside him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. And we have received the spirit. Look at MS4. <laughs> now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. We have received the spirit which is of God. Why? Why have we received? So that we may know the things which are freely given to us. Of course. Oh, if I were you, I would shout a very loud hallelujah. We have received the spirit. And it says that it's not the spirit of the world. It's the spirit of God. So this wisdom of God we speak is based on what the spirit of God communicates to us. So then we don't need a preacher. No, as the preacher is teaching faithfully from God's word, the spirit is now beginning to do the interpretation for you inside. The spirit is beginning to take the words and 
expound it and show you things that you, you didn't know previously. Because he is the teacher. He is the magister veritatis. The master of the truth. The source of truth. The origin of truth. Magister veritatis. He is the only one who can teach you the truth. He said, he, when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you and teach you into all, lead you into all truth. John chapter 16. He's the spirit of truth. So we have received, look at the verse, verse 13. I like 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. Which things also, we are not just being taught, but we speak. We speak not in words which man's wisdom teach, but, but which the Holy Ghost teach, comparing spiritual. See, you have to be spiritual to move on to spiritual things. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual we are speaking it, but we are making comparison. So can you imagine if you are not spiritual? There are a lot of things you are, you are out, outside the of a certain realm and making comments. Because, the fact, because you are white, red, you think that you can understand the things of the spirit. No. Look at the next verse. For the natural man. <laughs> the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Don't be surprised the way the reason why they talk the way they talk. Don't be surprised. Even though some people are in church, they've been in church a long time, it's still a natural man. That's why I say, Oh, this is nonsense. Oh, this is nonsense. Oh, yes, it will be nonsense because you are in the realm of nonsense. You are not in our realm. You are not in our realm. When you are in our realm, how many of you have heard preaching where a scripture you know for a long time suddenly say, What? What? Is this also in the Bible? I've seen, and oh, 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 thank you, Jesus. And you can tell the scripture is jumping at you. Suddenly, light has dawned. The scales have fallen off your eyes. Your ears that have been blocked have been unstopped. Oh, I feel like preaching, Kadabashai. So Paul said, I do not want you to be ignorant. The problem is, we have too many ignorant Christians. They know which country is fighting which country. They know about fashion. You know everything, but you don't know the things of God. You don't know the things of God. You were raised knowing so many other useless and frivolous things, but not the things of God. But the times have changed. The times have changed. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant. And we know you have to be a person, a Christian, a spiritual man, a spiritual woman who is growing in your knowledge of what? Christ first. And that's what spills over to help give you a better interpretation, of, uh, interpretation about every other things in life. When you know Christ, then you find you. When you know Christ, then life makes sense. When you hear God's word, it begins to explain, you begin to understand why you are alive. Life, life makes sense. Life makes sense in spite of what you're going through when you begin to discover Christ and know, know Christ more and more. We never come to a place where you have finished knowing God or knowing Christ. Why? Because his knowledge is unsearchable. It's inexhaustible. Unsearchable riches. It's called the unsearchable riches of Christ. But it takes compre comprehending, takes with the saints. That's why you can't afford not to be part of a, cre a, cre a Christian team 
that share the word of God together, hear the word of God on a consistent basis. No, you are keep you keep changing like Uber teams. No, it's not. It does not help. Nobody grows stable in a st- to become a stable adult with different family experience. Every year you are in a different family. Every year you are in. A, you'll be a very confused child and a dangerous citizen. So those people who have this idea about Christianity and church life, I don't have to be part of any church. It's just because you don't understand spiritual things. If you understand spiritual things, you know you have to be part of a church. You have to. Why do I have to? Because you have to. That's how God has designed it. Everybody must be part of a spiritual family and stable, consistently so. Stop every day. Uh, next week you are here. Next week you are here. Uh, next month you are here. No, 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 no. Stop that. Stop that. You can't keep uprooting and or transplanting a, a plant and expect it to grow normally. You move it and then you move it again and another place and you move it another. No, it doesn't. You are disturbing the growth. That's why you need an environment where God, God's word is taught without compromise. That you are growing in the knowledge of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 4, it's verse 13. Till we all come to the unity of faith. Till we all come to the unity of faith. And of the knowledge. Not knowledge of mathematics. Knowledge of the Son of God. You got to know him. You got to know him. Paul said that I might know him. There are things you can't afford not to know. So, it says that I would not have you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. And then he told, told us about how no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. What? Uh, no one speaking by the Spirit will say Jesus be cursed. No, you can't say Jesus is Lord or you cannot communicate the lordship of Christ effectively spiritually when you are not doing it by the Holy Spirit. It takes the Holy Spirit to communicate Christ. Those of you who want to be used by God, start desiring for the Holy Spirit. Desiring, oh, I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you, Holy Spirit. But that's not all that it takes. And so we hear, we found out in scripture, we have word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discernment of spirit, interpretation of tongues, diverse kinds of tongues, uh, 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 word of prophecy, gift of healing, working of miracles, and gift of faith, nine of them. So we, we saw how these are spiritual gifts, and the Bible says that, verse 7 says that, but the, it's the man, it's, these things are the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. It's not your personal gift. It is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And verse 11 says that these are all done by the same Spirit as He wills, giving it to every man. It says that, but all these worketh, all, but all these worketh that one, that one and self same, self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally, severally as He, that He there. It's not you. It's talking about he. I'm sure New King James will have a capital as the Holy Spirit wills. So the Holy Spirit has a will. So it's not an it. Your, comp- your phone has, has not got a will. So it's an it. Anything that has a will means it has personality. 
So the Holy Spirit is not an it. It was here. All cults, cults call the Holy Spirit an it. But the Word of God calls the Holy Spirit a he and his God. The Holy Spirit is not just a force amongst us. He's God amongst us. As they ministered and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me, you, yes, me, Acts chapter 13, verse 2, separate unto me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work which I, what? Who is speaking now? Don't be, don't be confused about it. He said, so you don't get confused. He told us who is speaking. As the minister said, the Holy Ghost said, what is it? Separate Barnabas and Saul unto me. Huh? Separate you. Who are you? I am the Lord. I am the Lord. So the Holy Spirit is a person. He has a will. He can be grieved. He has feelings. He said, grieve not, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God of which you have been sealed. Don't grieve him because he's a person. These are all traits of a person. You can't grieve your phone. You can throw it into water. It's not upset with you. Just that it won't work. It's not upset. It doesn't have emotions. It doesn't have feelings. It's not a person. But the Holy Spirit is a person. You can grieve him. It's like, oh, no, I'm not happy with this. Oh, can you imagine since you became born again, how many times you've grieved the Spirit? By saying things about other people you shouldn't say. Watching things you shouldn't watch. Going places you shouldn't. Quaffing things in red caps you shouldn't be quaffing. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Tell someone, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So you can grieve the Holy Spirit. So he has feelings. He has will. He has will. The Holy Spirit, he has will. Praise the Lord. It's, it's, and then he has a mind. The Holy Spirit has mind. He's a person. He has a mind. So the Bible talks about the mind of the Spirit. <laughs> he has mind. So these are very important things to understand. He said the Holy Spirit distributes as he wills. Talking about the gifts of the Spirit. All right. As he, severally, as he wills. Now, the question here is, so what do I do to operate in the, the gifts of the Spirit? How do I operate the gifts of the Spirit? Because the Spirit who gives, but it's people who flow in it. So what do I do? Number one, if you want to operate the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, first thing is that you have to seek Seek God's glory. Uh -huh. That's where teenage, uh, Sabrina the teenage witch comes in. <laughs> to be honest, let me ask a question. I want you to be honest with me. How many of you have imagined you having some powers? <laughs> when I was a child, I always imagined it. If I, I used, once, upon, once, up, once upon a time, I thought I would be Superman. <laughs> and and, and roaming in there with that aeroplane. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes in school, when there's somebody you don't like who is being mean to you, and you wish you had the powers to make his tongue stick out. And so when you watch Bruce Almighty, 
it makes you want to. I wish I had those powers. I wish it's, it's natural to want to have powers. So people, when they come to church and they see the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit, where someone is looking at you and beginning to tell you things, a word of knowledge. When you were coming, this happened, this happened, last week this happened, you're saying, wow, I want that too. You are Simon the sorcerer. Is it wrong to want it? It's not entirely wrong to want it. But your motive for wanting it is where the problem is. Simon the sorcerer in Acts chapter 8, Bible says in verse 18, when he saw that through the laying on of some people's hands, listen to what he saw. The laying on of hands was not a problem for him. He can lay on hands. But he saw that, hey, come here. He laid his hands on them. What happened? The Holy Ghost was given. Hey! So the people, they haven't laid hands. The Holy Ghost didn't come. But anyway, he said, hey, you guys are amazing. Wow! He offered them money. And you know what he said? Verse 19. He said, give me also this power. <laughs> that on whosoever I lay my hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. So now it's about me. Where I, wherever I go, when I lay my hands. Hey, are you joking? Come here. <laughs> Power! And do you know what Peter said? He said, your money perish with you, not because you give money, but because your money, because you have, you have thought that you can purchase the gift of God or the, pet, the gift of God can be bought with money. How could you think that? Listen to the next statement he said. He said, you don't have a part in this. Why? Your heart, your heart. You want to flow in the gift of the Spirit. You are doing that because of your stepmother. Yeah. So that one day you, you, you tell your dad, go to that hotel, she's there. <laughs> <laughs> You want spiritual gift to prove a point to your enemies. You want spiritual gift to make a statement to show your family members that, you see, this church I'm going, you see, you see, you see what they saw me? You see now, you see next time. You want to, someone to be sick and you'll pray. Oh, I used to think that way. That, oh, let someone be sick in this school when they used to look down me. And then they'll call me and I'll say, receive it. Now, when I, when I finish, the person says, ah, ah. when I finish, I'll, you won't make, you see? No, you say, okay. That's okay, that's okay. Fake humility. You are behaving like you, when you get it. Like, yeah. So there are many people who desire to operate in the gift of the Spirit for their own glory. Joseph would never have been promoted by God if it was about Joseph's vendetta. He was trying to prove his brothers, you saw me, you will see what I'll do to you. You will see what I'll do to you. I know I have a destiny. When I get there, you see. That is why when God promotes you, you don't use it to fight your enemies. Who didn't like you when you were nobody? Because God didn't promote you to prove a point to your enemies. He promotes you for his own glory and agenda. Your enemies will find out they'll be put to shame. But that shouldn't be your objective. That's why I say when your enemy is hungry, feed him. Joseph said, no, 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 no. They were begging him. They knew that their dad was that. This man will munch us because of the things they had done. Genesis chapter 50, verse 19 and 20. 
Joseph said, no, am I in the place of God? Please don't be begging me. You meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. Watch this. God meant it for good to bring to pass as it is this day to have much people alive. If I haven't been brought in, people would have been dead. So me, I can't claim it because I couldn't have organized this. God did this for his own agenda so I can't hold it against you. He never could hold it against them. Not because he was such a kind-hearted person, but he was a God-hearted person. So there was no room in his heart for vendetta and revenge. He won the gift of the Holy Spirit for revenge. To prove a point. So that you can, when you are there, you are lying, and then you're, that girl who calls herself a Christian, she's your neighbor, but you can know what's going on in her room. That's why you want the Holy Ghost. Your heart is not right. Number one, if you want to walk, uh, operate spiritual gifts, seek God's glory. Number two, you must be Christ-centered. This whole thing is about Jesus. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it has always been and always be Jesus. Nothing else matters. Jesus at the center of it all. So you must be Christ-centered in two areas, in your message and in your actions. In your message and in your actions, you must be Stephen, sorry, Philip went down to Samaria, Acts chapter 8, and preached Christ. He preached Christ unto them. Not philosophy to demonstrate the big words he knows. Some of you, when you get a chance, you are just throwing words about. When you are asked to pray, she Zoomle, zoomle, You have mastered big tongues. But your anointing is very tiny. So Oh, thou, the omniscient creator of the heavens and the earth. What's the meaning of that one? You alone who dwells in ancient of days and times before time. You commanded and it was. Thou say it. Now you are speaking King James in your prayer. Thou say it. And the charismatic we add. Oh Lord. Meanwhile, meanwhile, when they told you about to lose your job, you were your father. You never, oh mighty God. Said, Father, please. Father, Father, can I talk to you now? Now I want to talk to you. <laughs> so when people listen to you, they feel you are very powerful because of combination of Christianese. You know, Chinese, Japanese, if you have Christianese, a Christian language, you combine them and you release them and people are so impressed. Wow, this person is deep. <laughs> it's all not Christ-centered. Your message must be Christ-centered. As you preach, your focus is to make Christ be seen. As you behave, your behavior, you have an interest that Christ will be seen. 
whatever you are doing, you have an interest that Christ will be seen. It's Christ-centered. As I taught on Ezekiel 47, it says that it came from the right side. The water came from the right side of the altar. Christ seated at the where Christ must be the preeminent one in everything you are doing. It allows the river to flow. The river only flows from where, where Christ is the center. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, particularly verse 18, it says that Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, and it's before um, he's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he, Christ, might have what? The preeminence. Yes, he's the one. Might have the preeminence. He's the preeminent one. Before any other one who can be eminent, he said, preeminent one. Eminent is like image as the highest. The preeminent one. Is someone getting something? Number three. What's number one? Number two. Number three. If you want to operate spiritual gifts, I think I would like to quote a scripture first, which some of you hasn't realized. That thing really helped me in my life. That's what has really helped me in operating spiritual gifts. First Corinthians chapter 14. Let's read it out. Let's go. The second statement there. No, 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 please. Verse one. The second statement there. Huh? What should you do about spiritual gifts? What should you do about spiritual gifts? You must have a desire for it. Desire that you, you manifest yourself through me. It's so crucial when it comes to anybody who operates in spiritual gifts. The desire. You must want it. You must want to operate in spiritual gifts. Desire it. Desire spiritual gifts. There's somebody I think it's a good it's a good thing to desire spiritual gifts. <laughs> so he said the, the first one says, follow after charity. In other words, the love of God. See where the thing starts. The, the desire, your love for God. And demonstrating the love of God to others must overshadow everything you do. Then desire spiritual gifts. Desire spiritual gifts. Say, oh Lord. Oh Lord. I will desire spiritual gifts. God doesn't give things to people who don't want. Never forget it. God doesn't give gifts to people who don't want. Desire spiritual gifts. It's a crucial Aspect. Can you imagine he says, Jesus puts it this way? Think about it. Even the giving of the Holy Spirit. He said, How much more? Luke 11 13. How much more will your heavenly Father, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit, not to everybody? Ah! Who does he give the Holy Spirit to? You see? To those who ask. So there is a... Di Jesus said, whoever is test, let him come and drink. When it comes to spiritual things, 
What will give you an advantage is desire. Don't be nonchalant. Don't say, well, if God wants, he will do. No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> yeah. If it's the will of God, it's the will of God. There are a lot of things that will not be the will of God, but will happen against you. Until you rise up to do something about it. He says that when you pray, say, your will be done. So if you don't pray, the will be done. The will will not be done. And you will say, hey, maybe God wanted you to do well in your exam. God wanted you to do well in your family life. But you never prayed about it. Who told you it was the will of God for, for James to die in Acts chapter 5? And it was certainly not the will of God for Peter to die. But the church prayed for Peter. And so he couldn't die. Prayer can bring the will of God rather to pass. So there are some things that will not be in the will of God but will happen. And there are things that will be in the will of God but will never happen. He said, so you have to pray. Thy will be done on earth. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9. As it is in heaven. Ah! So as for heaven, the problem is not heaven, it's earth. So somebody must be able to pray and transfer the, uh, transfer the pounds in the account of heaven. Oh, I feel like preaching. Transfer it from your heavenly accounts into your natural account, else your natural account will still be zero. Desire. Say desire. desire. Say it again. Desire. Say it louder. Desire. So how do you tap into spiritual or pray spiritual gifts? Number one, see God's glory. Number two, Christ-centeredness. Number three, Number four, are you ready for number four? Number four wants to make, 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 make me walk in a certain way. Because it's a heavy one for many of you here. Are you sure you're ready? I will say the word, it's a, it's a big word. It's a normal day-to-day -day language. I will say it, that will make it easier. And I will explain it, and that will make it closer. Consecration. When you are young, you, are, you have the proclivity of fulfilling the desires of the flesh. Consecration means you separate yourself and keep yourself as a clean vessel for God. Let me draw your attention to a scripture. It's kind of an interesting scripture. Very interesting scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19 says that, nevertheless, the foundation of the Lord stands firm, having this seal, God knows those who are his. Ah, I don't know why we have been stopping there. You see what I mean? I don't know why we have been stopping there. And it says that, and let everyone that names the name of Christ do what? What's iniquity? Sin. sin. Practicing of sin. The practicing of sin. Practicing of things that you know you shouldn't be doing. Especially when you are alone. And people don't know. And unfortunately, how many of you have had some struggles and you are wondering, when can this thing be over? I hate it. I don't want to do it. But it doesn't leave me. I wish, I wish... I, this thing, I, I, won't, it, I won't feel for it again. Hey, 
Most of you are hypocrites like that. You lift your hand. Meanwhile, you are the one I'm talking about. <laughs> You've been a Christian, but still there are things that are bothering you. You have feelings for some things. You have temptations for some things. Why is it so? Many people, when they are not born again, they see the way you are praying and sweating. They think you don't have struggles. <laughs> but the thing is, God never saved your flesh. So even though you are saved, your flesh is not saved. And Bible says that it wars against your soul. Abstain from fleshly that First Peter chapter 1 verse 11 or 12. It said, abstain from fleshly lust, which warreth against your soul. You are at war. It's like guerrilla warfare. Chapter 2, verse 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from what? Fleshly lust, which war against your soul. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Walk in the spirit. And you will not fulfill the desires. Ah! So the desires of the flesh will stay as long as you are alive on this earth. That's why you might hear a church leader has done this. A church leader has, has done that. A church a praise and worship lady has got, gotten pregnant with somebody's wife. Church leader has done that. They are also human beings. The rice you eat, they also eat. Did you get what I'm saying? The things you like, they also like natural, by nature. But as you walk with God, you receive grace from the Holy Spirit to bring the body under subjection. First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. He said, I bring my body under subjection. So, so much of your Christian life, you must always be like this. What are you doing? I'm keeping my body under subjection. Why are you not coming for the party? I'm keeping my body under subjection. Oh, let's go and watch a movie and bowling with those girls. No, I want to keep my body under subjection. Sometimes you have a desire for something, but you know what? There's a way you have to manage your life so you can keep your body under subjection. In Romans chapter, um, chapter 13, it says that don't make occasion for the flesh to fulfill its last. Romans 13, 12, 13, 14, or something like that. Make no room for the flesh to fulfill its last thereof. So then if you give the flesh the chance, it, it will do it. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and no, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill. The, the last is always there. The last is always there. When I got born again many years ago, I, was, I couldn't wait to be one year in the Lord, two years in the Lord, so that there'll be minimal temptation or minimum temptation. The last, no, as long as you are in this flesh, if you have blood in your body, because there's sin dwelleth in the flesh. He said, that's in the flesh. Nothing good dwelleth in me. That is, he said, that's in my flesh. Okay, so in the flesh, you can't serve God in the flesh. And there are people who are quarreling with this person, arguing with this person, and, and contending with this person. I don't talk to her. I don't like him. I don't like her. I will never forgive him. And you are arrogant. You are naughty. You do your own thing in church, and you want to pray in the Holy Spirit. Oh, no. There's too much flesh. It might, you might not even be engaging in sin, like fornication. 
like pornography. Get busy building your spirit. Don't be asking, Pastor, I don't know how I can stop this gambling. I don't know. Build your spirit. You are not reading your Bible. You are not praying. You are not engaging in listening to messages. You've listened to all kinds of junk music. And you are, you are, you are wondering why you can't stop fornicating. The junk music is fueling your flesh. The junk, the junk message and the junk association is fueling the flesh. It's making the flesh feel so powerful that you want to go there. Keep pushing me. You're like, oh my God. Oh my God. I don't know why. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. I want to do the things of God. Oh my God. Your flesh is so powerful. Everybody's flesh is like that. So can you imagine the one who is not born again? That one is fully flesh. It's all flesh. All flesh. And if your friends are unbelievers who walk in the flesh, guess what? Your, your flesh will be, because you are creating the room for your flesh. You are creating the occasion for the flesh to fulfill its last. That's why some places I don't want to go. It might not be a sin, but I don't want to go to empower my flesh. Being a Christian is not so much predicated on you falling to sin. That's why he said in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, so I write these things that you don't sin. But if we sin, we have an apple. So there's provision. They know that your flesh can win. But I'm teaching you that if you want to walk with God at a certain dimension, then you have to believe God so the flesh will not win. And if you don't want the flesh to win, it's not what, okay, I made up my mind that from today I won't do that. No, 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 no. You say you won't do it, but you end up doing it more. Hello? How many of you have ever said, I'm not going to do it anymore, and you did it much more? That's why we have to be careful when we are pointing fingers at people. That look at what you're doing. Look at what you're doing. Sometimes people are just struggling. They, they can't subject the flesh. They can't bring the flesh under control because their spirits are weak. Didn't you just say the flesh, the spirit is willing? The ability to carry out spiritual things, the flesh doesn't have it. The flesh, meanwhile, you have empowered the flesh, but it doesn't have the strength to do spiritual things. The flesh is always weak when it comes to pursue. You can't pursue spiritual things in the flesh because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is always weak. So what you got to do is empower your spirit and pursue spiritual things with your spirit. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 9, I serve God with my spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. This thing is spiritual. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Pastor, I don't know. I'm struggling with porn. Build your spirit. When you tell me you are struggling with porn, the first thing that comes to my mind is thanks be to God. I thank God that you are still feeling uncomfortable about porn. As some, it's not a struggle. They are in it. And they don't see anything wrong. You are comatose. You have... You are in coma, spiritual coma. So if you don't live by your spirit, you'll be in church, but believe that you are a hypocrite. And people, you have to now hide because if they find out, they will think you are a hypocrite. But deep in your heart, you don't want to be a hypocrite. But just that, you don't know, you can't stop this gambling. You don't give offering, but you are gambling.
You want to walk by the Spirit? Consecration. He says that, let everyone who named the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That's verse 19, isn't it? And then the verse 20 says, for in a great house, ah, for in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold or of silver, but also wood and earth, some for honor and some for the garbage. How many of you have garbage cans or garbage bins in your house? You don't eat from those bowls. You don't eat from them. You eat from the proper ones that for honor. And the one for garbage, the other things you don't like. When you finish eating and the rest, you pour the rub. And it says in every house there are that. So the house of God too, there are vessels that are for the good use of the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And there are the vessels that is for the rubbish. And who chooses who is what? It's not God who chooses. The next verse. If any man purges himself from this, that this depart from iniquity. If any man purges himself from this, he shall be a vessel of honor, sanctified and appropriate for God's use and prepared for every good work. So you see, it's not God who determines who is going to be used. It's the people who are going to be used, they determine I'm ready to be used. How? By purging yourself from these things. How do you purge yourself from these things? You have to depend on the Holy Spirit. Feed your spirit, man. That's, that's a, a separate thing I'm talking about. How do you keep your system clean? Depend on the Holy Spirit, number one. Don't depend on your personal strength because it has been failing you for a long time, right? And it will continue to fail because you, don't have, you are not stronger than the enemy inside you. You are not stronger than the enemy. So number one, you depend on the Holy Spirit. That's why don't tell me you want to stop stealing. You want to stop fornicating. You want to stop acting the, doing the porn act. You want to stop um, uh, uh, the gambling. You want to stop uh, uh, raving. You want to stop before you, you want to break up with that boy. You want to break up with that girl because that's your problem. You really like girls. Someone told me many years ago, many years when I was in secondary school, a boy said, you know what, David, if God kill all girls, we will serve God. <laughs> I'm not lying. He told me, my, my schoolmates, I was preaching to him. He said, David, I won't lie to you. I really want to serve God, but girls, girls. If God can get rid of all girls, I will serve him. <laughs> you know, so you don't want to wait till you have broken up the relationship before you serve God. Some people will tell you, I'm waiting when I break up. I'm waiting when I stop this. You can't stop it by yourself. So what do you do? You jump out of it and come to Christ. And then he'll give you the empowerment by his spirit. And now you see the devil. He said, silver and gold are you. I can handle you. You build up your spirit. Big up your spirit, man. So even though, you know how many of you sometimes want to do something and you want to stop, but you keep going. You keep going. Sometimes you feel like you're a slave. And it's so frustrating. That's why when you see a Christian who is caught into something, don't add and attack them. Because if the person is a real Christian, one of the frustrating things that can happen to a Christian is to fall into sin. No Christian likes sinning. Hello? No, no Christian. So you are not spiritual if you attack people who first fit is caught in sin. You are not, it's not a sign of spirituality. A sign of spirituality is you seek to restore them. Be, Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. If anyone is overtaken by a fault, you who are spiritual, you prove that you are spiritual by restoring that person. That shows you are spiritual. Be, be the conduit, the channel for, of restoration for the person who has been caught in sin.
instead of telling people, no, oh, you have to pray. Nowadays, some of the people, they call themselves Christians. Because you don't want to tell people what they are doing. <laughs> you are not spiritual. In spite of the numerous fasting you are doing, you are not spiritual. Fasting doesn't mean you are spiritual. Because other religions have been fasting too. But some people, even when they are fasting, that's when they will commit suicide bombing. They will kill people during their fasting. Fasting doesn't make you spiritual necessarily. Am I teaching at all? I just want you to understand that the struggles of the flesh never ends till you die. Everybody have what tempts them. Everybody. There are some things that are general. When you see people who have weight, you can tell food can be a major temptation for them. <laughs> so, different things, some, some, of, some of us, fashion. Fashion. You will kill for Gucci bag. Your biggest dream is, is it called Birkin? That's why when you find out the guy is a footballer, you are now interested. So everybody, and some of you, particularly ladies, your temptation is how not to wear tight, revealing things. Things that will be showing how protruding your hips are. All your life, that's how you've been dressed. You like when men look at you. You love it. That's your value. Oh, yeah, you love it. You love it. Now you're born again. But that's it. That, that, that temptation is still there. Everybody has their different areas of... Some, some people, their temptation is bitterness against their father, against their mother, against their ex. That one, there's a lot of girls here like that. <laughs> a lot of, no one told you to go out with him. Yeah. If you had not broken your heart, you wouldn't have come to church. Thank God. So you should actually thank God for his life. That he ghosted you and went for somebody else. Guys, I have to run up. I have to stop. I'm talking about consecration. You want to, consecration, holiness is a booster for anointing. He said, for you will never, you will not suffer your holy one to see corruption. You can't be holy and be cor getting corrupted. He said, Jesus was resurrected by the spirit of holiness. Romans chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Resurrected, verse 4 actually, by the spirit of holiness. Yeah. Declared to be the son of God according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from that. He couldn't have stayed dead because he says, for death could not hold him captive. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, verse 24, 25. For it wasn't possible that death could hold him. Why? Because the sting of death is sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, from verse 56. The sting, what death can use What's your sting? The sting of death is sin. So if there's no sin, he said, the sting of death is what? Sin. Sin in your life is what gives, gives death for opportunity to hold to you, to come into your life, to invade your life. Sin. Jesus Christ, he was sinless. 
So when he died, he just got up because it wasn't possible that the grave death should hold him by the spirit of holiness. Is someone learning something? I don't want it to, to sound simplistic. I know some of us here have your own struggles. But the way forward is to build your spirit. It doesn't leave. It doesn't leave. You will die with it. As you grow, it might mutate. Yeah. It might mutate. It might change. Focus. So maybe you used to be very bitter, always angry. Now it has changed. You have, nowadays you are not as bitter, but you're always gossiping as you're growing. Then you used to, after some while, maybe gossip will stay and then it will add you like people's men or people's women. Yeah. And you don't know what, but why am I also always interested in somebody's man? What's wrong with me? And sometimes you, under, you don't understand yourself. It's the flesh. It's the human nature. It can like things that you don't want to like. Do you understand that? That's why stop condemning yourself and build your spirit. Build your spirit. Build your spirit. If you find yourself struggling with sin and temptation and you realize that desire is heightening inside you, the, the temptation, the desire for sin, the desire is growing, it's growing, and you don't understand where is this thing coming from? I can tell you. Number one, you, have not read, you are not reading your Bible. If you, the more you read your Bible constantly, for some reason, it has a way of nourishing your spirit, man. I'm telling you. It might sound so simplistic. Try it. Try it. Try reading your Bible constantly and see if sin can have dominion over you. Read your Bible as a Christian. Feed your spirit. Feed your... Man must not live by bread, but by every word. That means if you are not going to the word, you are not feeding. You are malnourished. You are famished. That's why you don't... Your spirit doesn't have the strength to say no. To say no to the flesh. The flesh, so it's the flesh, stay here. The flesh is pushing your spirit. But your spirit says, oh my God, oh my God, am I going to this guy again? Oh my God. You know what is about to happen. You know? But you, you, bought, you, you called the Uber. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And you send me a message, let's meet at the shard. Oh my God. <laughs> so two things from this. Two, two things from this. When you're a Christian, you see someone in the flesh. Don't take it too personal. Pray for them. It doesn't matter how spiritual they look. If you hear negative things about people who are supposed to be Christians and they say they've done this, they've done this, don't join, don't be an ignorant Christian and join because you can be a Christian and still fall. Bible said, he who thinks he stands, let him be careful lest he falls. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. Can you imagine? So you can be standing, but the Bible says, be careful lest you fall. Whoever, uh, for, uh, wherefore, let him that think he stands, what? Be careful lest you fall. So you can fall. But once you are careful, once you mind what you are focusing on, mind what is coming in, mind your association, mind your exposure, you are careful. Many years ago, when I was 18, when I was 19, when I was 20, we have so many Christian sisters on fire around us. Yeah, on fire, and we are not married. And you would think that the fact that you are preaching on fire, you won't have feelings for sisters. Feelings for sisters is normal. Hello? 
it's, it's normal. So we come to a conclusion. No, no, no. I won't, I won't hug any sister. Because these sisters are hugging you and you will finish and you feel, uh, Jesus. <laughs> it's so nice. It's so nice. A sister hugs you and she's finished, she's going, but you feel like, oh no, don't go. Don't go. Don't go. So, me and my friends, we made conclusion, came to conclusions that we don't hug sisters. Then somebody say, oh, but you are weak. Yes, I'm weak. Yes, I'm weak. Yes, I'm weak. I don't hug sisters. Yes, I'm weak. Yes, I'm weak. I don't want to fake it. Yes, I'm weak. And I will stay strong. I will end up lasting than you who think you are strong. Listen to what I didn't say. I didn't say when you hug a sister, it's a sin. Or a brother for that matter. Because some of the sisters, they really want hug. But... I don't like that expression on your face. <laughs> Listen, don't think I said that because people are online. We are live. People are online and they'll be saying, that's what, I never said that. I only said, Mind, be mindful. Know your strength, know your weakness. Some of you, you know, I, 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 anyway, I don't go to parties like, you know, where there'll be alcohol, and I don't, I don't have friends who invite me to that kind of uh, environment. But some of you, you still have family and stuff like that, and maybe you go, and you know that you used to struggle with alcohol. When you see a glass sweating with Guinness, Guinness glass or beer, a pint glass, oh my good, even pint glass makes your mouth wa- to water. Now, so you see, Somebody, I, I met a guy, he's a pastor. In a certain, a certain pastor, a certain, so there was a, some event, celebration. And I, I said, but you didn't go? He said, no, no, I don't, I, I don't want to go. I said, why? He said, the alcohol there, I used to struggle a lot with alcohol. That's one thing God delivered me from. And I don't want to expose myself to an alcoholic environment because I don't know. Because if I fall back to it, I don't know why it would let me to. You understand that? So you have to block those who have been sending you pornographic images. Because now you are changed. But your taste hasn't gone. Your taste hasn't changed. Your t- it's your spirit that has, is born again. Your body is not born again. Your soul is being renewed. So it gets to a time where those temptations don't mean much. Because your soul has been so renewed. You have gotten to a certain place. I've moved too far from my main topic. Let me go back. Consecration. If you want to operate the gifts of the Spirit, consecration. Keep your vessel clean. Dedicate yourself to God. And it will make a difference. Did somebody receive something? Give Jesus praise. Thank you for choosing to listen to this message by David Entry. We hope you were blessed by it. You can connect with David Entry on all relevant social media platforms, including TikTok and Threads. There's also many more messages to listen to from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms and on the Carish Church app. Be blessed.